What's good, everybody? Episode 33 of the Slipping Weed Podcast. Going to be talking a little bit about Caleb Plant versus Caleb Truax. A little bit about the fight that may or may not be with Ryan Garcia and Manny Pacquiao and a few other things. Let's get right into it. January 30th, 2020. So been doing this show for about a year now. And I think one of the things that I've learned in this last year is that the sport of boxing is in like a pretty weird place right now. There's a, a weird merging of, um, you know, social media and And how that's affecting what fights are marketable and what fighters are marketable. And, you know, of course, there's people wanting to see non-fighters fight, I think, as a result of that. You have the Paul brothers and other, you know, um, either ex-fighters or other sports stars. You know, the the boxing non-fighters fighting is becoming more and more common. And I think that's partly the influence of social media on you know, everything, but in this case, how it's influencing what fights people want to see. Um, and then you have the age old, I mean, it's not age old, but you have the older issue of the conflict of interests between the belts and the promoters and the networks and how oftentimes those three things can conflict with two different fighters and it can make the biggest fights often difficult to make if those fights aren't matching a certain price or a price that, you know, those promoters find suitable for that level of risk. And I think as a whole, the direction that it's heading is more in the direction of sports-based entertainment and not exclusively sport. I don't know if that's good or bad yet. I I guess I don't personally like it when non-fighters get these incredible opportunities on these gigantic platforms you know i've seen hundreds of guys in boxing gyms that i know that are nobody that maybe have not even had a fight that i know you know could beat either of those kids but because of their their influence you know in that in that way they're able to jump the line on those opportunities you know not that long ago, I don't think any of this shit would have been acceptable or taken seriously or mixed in, you know what I mean, with actual boxing. But, you know, five, ten years ago, there wasn't social media in this way. You know, it was like, oh, look at this high school party we went to. And there was, you know, it wasn't there weren't people making entire careers, entire personalities, you know, in this entity. And. I think in that sense, it's kind of harmful where it gives non-fighters the opportunity to make boxing sort of a, like a weird spectacle, 
But then I think it also helps for younger fighters, like younger guys that are actually dope, like Ryan Garcia, who maybe would have had a harder, I mean, I'm not saying he's had an easy come up, but I think there's a possibility he has a harder come up pre-social media. You know, there's probably harder fights he has to take. Maybe he has to be the B-side sometimes. Um, But with the amount of following that he has in social media, it would be very difficult to say that Ryan Garcia is 100% the B-side. Even if you're looking at him up against two different fighters, right? And the other guy is way more accomplished, but is really not that well-known. On some level, there is no A A and B side in that fight. You know what I mean? If anything, the more accomplished fighter is the B side because that's what's becoming more important. Is not the athletic accomplishments. It's the following and the draw. Um, And I think that that, again, I think it's good and bad. And I think you're seeing the good and bad, you know, like just in Ryan Garcia's career. Where, yeah. You know, he's been able to grow his audience. He's got his own, you know, he doesn't have to grow his audience within the sport. He's bringing his own audience to the sport. Um, I think it's helping him. I think it's hurting him. Where it hurts him is in this last couple of weeks where it's been rumored that he's going to fight Manny Pacquiao. And then all of a sudden that's like, "Ah, that's not actually happening. And I looked into you know, why this happened, how this happened, where did he get the idea that that fight was going to happen or was being negotiated and, and whatever. But essentially Mark Kriegel did like a write up about this on ESPN. And I guess the premise is that at some point Oscar De La Hoya and Manny Pacquiao were going to do an exhibition at, at some, you know, billionaire fucking mansion or whatever. But it was, you know, it was going to be like a a, a, a closed circuit exhibition between two old legends, right? And I guess Oscar decided to pass that opportunity off to Ryan Garcia. But he didn't explain that that's what it was. That it was going to be an exhibition at somebody's house or at a house, you know, for two weeks. For two weeks, this was not communicated properly to Ryan Garcia. Um, and so, you know, if you're on Instagram or whatever, you saw him posting, you know, I can't wait to fight, you know, one of my idols and fight a legend like this. And it looked like this this was maybe a very real thing. And then Golden Boy is like, there's not really anything to talk about here. And it's like, what are you fucking talking about? This is There's been, you know... All of this talk about this fight that people would actually want to watch. Um, and there's all of these other fights that Ryan Garcia could and should be pursuing that he's not because he thinks that this is actually going to happen. That he's actually going to have a real fight with Manny Pacquiao. And of course he would want that fight. You know what I'm saying? I think he's a real fighter. So he's not afraid to get in with anybody. Of course he would want that fight. I think, of course, Pacquiao would want that fight, right? He's an all-time legend. I'm guessing he doesn't feel like there's really anybody that can beat him right now. That's probably how he feels about it, right? And he knows that this kid's a big draw. So it's a great opportunity for him. He's fighting somebody that's kind of smaller than him, you know, and 
it's kind of a win-win situation. It's going to make a lot of money, you know. It's it's absolutely a super fight. So it's like, of course, these guys would want to have this fight. But I don't think either of them would ever be interested in fighting each other in the exhibition. They're both active active fighters. You know, Garcia is trying to build a legacy. He's trying to create a career. You know, he's trying to... Because I think in this social media world, he's famous now regardless. But he's trying to be a real fighter. So if he wants to be a real fighter, he has to have a real fight with Manny Pacquiao. He can't have a, you know, a, a sparring session. So this is why, you know, I'm kind of of the opinion that he may want to consider leaving Golden Boy. Because moves like this and a, a lack of communication, it's, it's just obvious that they don't, they're not valuing him the way that they should. Because this is a guy that could do a lot of shit in the sport, man. He's got the draw. He's got the skills. He's got the heart. He's getting better. You know, he's shown some vulnerability, so he's going to be in good fights. And so kind of lying to him about this and making it seem like there's an opportunity there that isn't there. That shit's dirty, man. Because now there's been weeks, literal weeks since the Luke Campbell fight, about a month. And if this is what they've been focusing on, they're not negotiating other fights. And there's a lot of fights out there that he could be taking, right? The Devin Haney fight would be easy to make. I think the Tank Davis fight is probably easy to make. You know, Teofimo Lopez. Nakatani. You know? Then there's that next tier down. That is basically, you know, you got Lomachenko. You got Linares. There's guys that weights above and below that I would love to see him fight if he fought Jose Zapata. If he fought Shakur Stevenson. You know, he fought the, the winner of Ramirez-Taylor. The winner of Valdez and Berchelt. Regis Prograde, like, I could just keep talking about all these great fights that he could be a part of, that he's not, that nobody's negotiating, because they're trying to pretend like he's going to get a Pacquiao fight, like, it's not that simple, so, I feel like he's really getting done dirty right now, like, I don't, I think that he really doesn't need them like that, and I think he needs to take that risk, take that leap, and, and do it independent, and if he has to do what Canelo does what Mikey Garcia does, what a lot of these top guys do and sign either, you know, one fight contracts with a promoter um, to make certain fights happen. Maybe he needs to do that because he's already got that worth. He's already got that audience. He doesn't need Oscar De La Hoya to get his audience. He doesn't need it. That's the good part of the social media world. So he needs to, I think, remove himself from that situation if he needs to do one fight deals with certain promoters, do them. And outside of that, you know, he's the money man. He's the cash cow. So people kind of have to come to him and he has to hold it like that. And he, and also, if there's fights that he's eager to make, he needs to have the flexibility to really go for it. So that's my take on that. And I think that, you know, he really, he really should think about finding a new promotional situation overall. Um... So last weekend, this is the last thing I want to talk about, but last weekend was the fight between Caleb Plant and Caleb Truex. Caleb Plant basically winning, you know, every second of every round, winning a unanimous decision, all three cards, 120-108. Kind of what you expected, right? Kind of expected that Caleb Plant would win basically every round of this fight and do it pretty easily, 
right? Um, he, I always kind of have the same feeling after I watch him fight. Like his skills are crazy. He's got great defense. He's got great movement. He's very elusive. He's very coordinated. He's very tricky to hit with one clean shot. Um, I like the way he throws combinations. I think he's got like a decent amount of power. Um, and I know he hurt his hand in this fight. I don't know which hand, but I know that he hurt a hand in this fight. And so it makes it actually that much more impressive that he was that busy. Um, but it's weird. Like, I feel like multiple times when I've watched him fight after like the seventh round, he gets hit with weird shit. You know what I mean? Like. He spends so, like the first seven rounds of the fight, like Truax can't really even put a hand on him. And then like the back four or five rounds of the fight, every once in a while, Truax would just land like this big shot, one, two around. And it was like, I can't figure out if those are lapses mentally or if it's fatigue or, but it's like, he'll, he'll be so outmatching. Like he was, he was a completely different level than Truex for eight, nine, seven, seven rounds, seven to eight rounds, and was for the end of the fight too. But was still took some punches that were pretty slow, and I think like you know he was avoiding so much of Truex's offense in the first half. It's like you're not taking punishment, you're not getting hit. Why is it that you're not able to fully sustain that for twelve rounds? And in this fight, there's not really any consequences to that because Truax is not the most dangerous opponent, but he's smart and he's savvy enough. You know, he's watching what Plan is doing. He's trying to get something in. And to me, I, I think that he just hasn't been tested enough. Like the best fighter he's fought is probably Jose Uzcategui. And so there's nobody in the really in the top 10 at super middleweight that he's fought and I think it's just like a, um, not that he fights down to the level of his competition but maybe he is not engaged the way he should be because it is coming so easily to him and I think that these kinds of fights he has to stop having these kinds of fights you know I understand having to fight mandatories and all that but I think at this point, everyone pretty much considers him an actual champion at this weight, belt or no belt. I mean, it helps to have the belt. But I think, like, he can't have more fights like this that are not elite-level guys. He can't do it. The last couple of fights he's had since Uskadegi is very disappointing, you know, the competition that he's taking. And I think... um it's time. I think he's either going to get stale or he's going to keep getting bored. Or I just think that he like, he's so good that the shit that he does get hit with at the end, it's like uncharacteristic of his talent. So then it gets you thinking, how does this happen against Canelo? How does this happen against all of these top guys? You know, cause he's talking about fighting Canelo. How is that going to work? Are you going to have those same lapses with Canelo? Cause if you do, you're going to sleep. You're going to sleep, you know, I think in light of Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders signing to fight, uh, I think sometime in May around Cinco de Mayo, 
Caleb Plants just got to bite the bullet and fight David Benavides. Like, that's got to happen. They're both on PBC. PBC spends so much fucking time keeping it in-house. They don't even show champions from other promotions anymore. Basically. You know, these are the top two PBC super middleweights. And they should fight. Now, I don't really care about whether or not Benavides has a belt. I get that Plant probably is of the position, look, if you have a belt, I want to fight you. But if you're going to fight Caleb Truax, like, you have to fight David Benavides. It's not, it, then it's not about belts. I know you're fighting Truax to keep your belt. But it's bigger than the belts. It's absolutely bigger than the belts. So why not Benavides? What's holding that fight up? Is it that he doesn't have a belt? Are you waiting for that to, to be worth more money than it is right now? Because to be honest with you, I think you're going to be waiting for a bit if that's what you're waiting for. So that's a fight I think he should make right now. And if he can't get that fight, he needs to fight another top guy at 168. He needs to fight Callum Smith. He needs to fight Danny Jacobs. He has to take on you know, somebody in the top bracket of super middleweight. Otherwise, I think that he's going to keep turning in like mostly solid performances with like weird little gaps or weird little moments and I don't, I'm not taking anything away from Truax either he is a decent fighter but the skill difference here man he was taking shit he had no business taking there was punches he was taking in this fight that and just even for his longevity you know somebody that's that good defensively it's like why how is he getting hit with that so clean it's like what it's not even like you know, it's like a little something in the mix of a big comp. It's like he's getting hit with these big shots. And I just, I think that he really does need to test himself against somebody at the top at 168. And uh, I think if he doesn't, that there's, there's the potential to get stale. And sometimes this is what these promoters do, man. If they don't have a big talent pool at a certain weight class, they hold out, you know, hoping this fight's going to wind up being worth all this fucking money. And then it may or may not happen. You see it all the time, man. Fucking Gamboa and Juan Manuel Lopez never fought. And now they're both, you know, they're both done. You know, sometimes those fights just don't happen. So if you don't take it while it's it's while it's viable because you think it's going to be worth more, there's a good chance you miss out on that fight. So, um, yeah, that's episode 33 of the Slip and Weave podcast, guys. Thanks for listening. And thanks for listening for a whole year. I look forward to doing this for another year. Keep getting better at it. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Peace.